Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is our Old Testament reading from Psalm 90. Allow me to lead us in praying that again. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Amen. Please be seated. So today we are going to be talking about roots. Roots are vital to the life of a plant. Uh, they are in many ways how the life of a plant begins as, as a seed germinates and sends roots into the ground that take hold of the soil and provide nourishment and stability. Roots are not there for themselves. Uh, they exist solely for the sake of the plant to help it get established and strong, to provide it with a firm base from which to grow and flourish. And so today we are going to be talking about how, how we at St. Lawrence have a rich history, how we have deep roots, how we are really rooted in time. And to reflect on what that means for us, we're going to be using Psalm 90 as a guide, the only psalm in the Bible written by Moses, a beautiful prayer that, that focuses on how fleeting our life on this earth is, but how God establishes our work and blesses us with his eternal love and faithfulness. And so Moses begins his prayer by saying, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. This means that God is our home. He is the one to whom we go for refuge, for safety, for comfort, for identity. He always has been and always will be the dwelling place of his people for all generations. This was perhaps especially true for, for the first settlers here in Frankenmuth, that first generation. Now, I am personally grateful to them uh, for many reasons, and for one big reason I bet not many of you are aware of. You see, the, the proud and unique history of St. Lawrence is one of the main reasons why I am here today as a pastor. Because uh, for our vicarage, uh, you meet with people at the seminary, with the, with the placement director. And uh, we had requested, when we met with him, a small to medium-sized church in a big city on one of the coasts. And instead, uh, we were sent here at St. Lawrence uh, to a, a very large church in a very small town, kind of right in the middle of the coast. And so uh, after the vicarage placement service, Glenn Nielsen, the placement director, made sure to catch up to me and, and Emily and personally tell us his rationale. So we had told him that, that we both love history. And in fact, Emily had just finished up her master's degree in history right before we were going to be moving uh, on vicarage. And so for that reason mainly, and then for a few others as well, we were sent to you at St. Lawrence. Now, we thank God often that he knew far better than we did all along. And we are also very grateful to the original settlers of this town for the opportunity to serve here today. 
Now, for those early settlers, God truly was their dwelling place, even as they left their home in Germany and everything they knew. Emily and I know just a little bit of what this is like, being far away from our family out in Oregon, uh, Ethan's grandparents. But for the first settlers here, it was uh, true to a much greater extent. As Pastor Wilhelm Leahy said, as he sent them over here from Germany, no earthly necessity drove them to leave their fatherland. In the homeland, which they loved, they enjoyed a good life. But it was a noble idea that moved them. That noble idea, of course, was to show how beautiful it is to live with Jesus. And in order to do that, they had to make sacrifices. We're going to be talking a lot more about sacrifice in the coming weeks, but uh, one definition that I, that I think you've already heard, perhaps, is, is this. Giving up something we love for something or someone we love even more. The founders of this congregation exemplified that definition of sacrifice in many ways. Um, I recently was reading through Herman Zender's excellent book, Teach My People the Truth, where he recounts all of the hardships that they faced on their way here from Germany. As they left behind their beloved homeland, they, they had their ship get stuck on a sandbar before they'd even made it out to sea. Then once they did, they encountered icebergs, frightfully unusual and stormy weather, seasickness, smallpox from which little two-year-old Margaret Haspel died. And then they made it to land and they got in a train crash. All of this happened before they even made it to Michigan. And then once they did, they had to immediately start clearing the forest of trees. After building a communal shelter to protect them from the Michigan winter, which, which I'm afraid might actually already be here this year, they had another difficult task ahead of them. Pastor Kramer, their pastor, actually wrote to Leahy in Germany and said, I almost had to pull their hair to get them to begin construction of a church. That surprised me. But once they did, wow. They, they built the log cabin. We have a replica across the street that, that would be their, their church, their parsonage, their school. They began building this before they even began building their own individual homes. In 1880, they built a, a beautiful brick church. Uh, the, the back of our church today was, was that original church. They built it for $22,000 back, back at that time, hauling bricks via horse and wagon all the way from Saginaw. I'm pretty sure I-75 wasn't there either. Then in 1967, they added on the, the front portion of this building um, at a cost of over $600,000, uh, 1967 dollars. And then just two years later, dedicated the, the school on Genesee Street for over $1.3 million. That's, that's the sacrifice that came before us. Those are the roots that we have here at St. Lawrence. We are proudly rooted in time, in the sacrifice that our forefathers made for the sake of the gospel. And just as roots grow into enormous plants, God has blessed our roots here at St. Lawrence with enormous, vibrant, life-giving growth. As an inscription on one of the original church bells says, Concordia res larvae crescent. Through harmony, little things grow. 
We have grown from a church of 14, 15 members to one of over 4,000. Without St. Lawrence, some believe that the LCMS may have never gotten into foreign missions or even local outreach aside from the German immigrants that were coming over. But from the Chippewa children who heard of and believed in the name of Jesus to the people of many nations who have been brought to the faith by our missionaries, God has used the work, the roots begun here at St. Lawrence to bring many people to himself. And we too are eternal beneficiaries of those who made God their dwelling place while settling here in Frankenmuth. Many of us gathered here today have them to thank directly for being raised in this community and in the faith. And so we have gratitude in our hearts to them and especially to God for his rich blessings. We also have a charge. And this charge for us is is summed up well by Paul in our epistle lesson for today where he says, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him. We continue to live in Christ. After all, he is our dwelling place from generation to generation, our dwelling place in whom we are rooted and built up. Our forefathers here knew that and have blessed us with so much. Here at St. Lawrence, we are truly rooted in time. But our roots go even deeper than all of that. We are rooted in time, but we are, as God's people, also rooted in timelessness because we are rooted in an eternal God. As Moses prays, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Not only does our everlasting God have no end, he also had no beginning. He has always been. From everlasting to everlasting, he is God. Let me read you a few verses from Psalm 102 that drive this home beautifully. In the beginning, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like clothing, you will change them, and they will be discarded. But you remain the same. Your years will never end. The children of your servants will live in your presence. Their descendants will be established before you. In a world where everything that we see is is temporary, transient, and short-lived, God remains the same. Both in Psalm 90 and in Psalm 102, we are reminded of how fleeting our lives are on this earth and how eternal our God is. But did you catch that last verse that I read? The children of your servants will live in your presence. Their descendants will be established before you. God promises that those who trust in him and serve him will also live with him eternally. And that life will be passed on from generation to generation. We have seen this promise of God enacted here in Frankenmuth in mighty ways as generation after generation have proclaimed along with the writer of the Hebrews, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this proclamation is possible because of the word, the work that God has done. As Moses prays, so do we. Let your work be shown to your servants. 
Now, though God himself had no beginning, in some ways at least, we can maybe say that, that his work began in the Garden of Eden. When our eternal and timeless God created time and created the world, laying the foundations of the earth. God planted a garden between the rivers that would blossom and grow as a sign and a demonstration of his majesty, his splendor, and his love. But sin entered into that garden when an enemy came and sowed seeds of a different kind. And then weeds began to grow up and and choke God's message of love and grace. Withering away the roots of faith and planting doubt and disobedience and destruction into the tattered hearts of humankind. But God's work was not done. All along he was planning to restore this fleeting world to eternal standing. And so a timeless God chose to himself become rooted in time for our sake in the person of Jesus Christ. The very one in whom we are now rooted and built up, established in the faith just as we were taught by our forefathers. Through Christ's cross and empty tomb, we have been rescued from the weeds of sin and death that seek to choke us out. And the day will come when Christ will return, bring paradise back, And restore us mortal creatures in this entire transient world to everlasting immortality. And so we cling to his cross, to that tree once cursed and planted atop a hill, its roots taking hold of Calvary's soil. That tree of death that has become for us a tree of life. Because when Jesus stood up in his grave and walked out alive, he uprooted death's hold on the earth and on you and me. And so his tree has become for us a symbol of hope and life and salvation. That is God's work, the work that he has shown to his servants, his glorious power that he has shown to their children and to all generations. And so we pray with Moses, let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, we say emphatically, establish the work of our hands. It is hugely important that we understand that God does establish our work because he has first shown us his work. And in fact, our work really is his work that he accomplishes through us. Here at St. Lawrence, we can boldly claim that God has established the work of our hands as, as we think about our history and as we gaze at these beautiful stained glass windows from the 1967 edition. If you can see them from where you are, take a look to the west side here, uh, how, it, how it tells the story of, of the ship coming over and, and the founding of our synod and this congregation. And then, then look to the east and see how uh, the Chippewa tribe and the, and the children especially learned about Jesus because of the work done here. And then once you've done that, lift your gaze higher and, and, and see Christ's, Christ's birth. Look forward and see Christ's death, his resurrection, his glorious ascension. This is the story that we have been proclaiming here for almost 170 years. This is the root system of our entire faith and everything that we do. God has established the work of our hands here at St. Lawrence. And we know that God will establish the work of our hands far into the future. 
Now the founders of this town and this church never looked back. They knew they weren't going back to Germany, but they pressed forward into the unknown with a heart of mission filled with faith. God is leading us to do the same, to pray daily the prayer that Pastor Brand introduced last week. Lord, what do you want to do through me to accomplish your will for our church? Perhaps another way of praying that would be to say, Lord, how do you desire to establish the work of my hands? With this building project that the Lord has placed before us, we have an incredible opportunity to go back to our roots as a congregation and to show how beautiful it is to live with Jesus by building a house of worship where his word will be proclaimed and his gifts given to people in an ever-changing culture. Does anybody happen to know when the first English sermon was preached here at St. Lawrence? I don't mean when English started being the regular language used in worship, but the first full English sermon given here, I didn't know this until I read through that book I was telling you about, but the first English sermon was given at St. Lawrence on August 10th, 1879 at the laying of the cornerstone for the building in which we are worshiping today. I don't consider it to be a mere coincidence that the beginnings of a major cultural shift coincided with this congregation erecting a new building for worship and ministry. Despite changing human culture, the Ancient of Days is both timeless and always relevant. And actually, Pastor John Walla will be here next week to tell us a little bit more about that. But today we find ourselves in the same place with the same opportunity that our forefathers had then to share the message of our timeless God with people here and now. This doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It will require sacrifice and courage and faith. When Leahy wanted to start this mission congregation here, the idea was not very popular with many Germans. Um, In fact, they looked upon the venture as, quote, visionary and ill-advised. And the official minutes of the Rostow Mission Society record that some people said, who knows how many illusions are at play here? And how many of these folk are really motivated by sincere motivations? In private conversations, they were warned about dreaming concerning America. But this didn't stop the first settlers of Frankenmuth. Negative attitudes, baseless accusations, and unfounded fears could and would not hold them back. And so I want to encourage you to dream big about what God can and will accomplish through our building project And I'd like to do that with Leahy's words to the founding fathers of our congregation. He said to them, and so I say to you, I beg you, for Jesus' sake, take hold. Organize speedily. Do not waste time in consultations. The salvation of immortal souls is at stake. This has always been true and remains so today with this building project, and with all that we do here as the people of God, may we proclaim the gospel for the salvation of immortal souls. And may God continue to establish the work of our hands. And in the words of St. Paul to the Ephesians, I pray that you, being rooted 
and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. In Jesus' name, amen.